us to be completely delivered from everything that holds us from fulfilling your will and your purpose. Raise your hands up to heaven right now. We thank you, Lord, that you are bringing a transformation and a revelation into the hearts of your children. Whatever it is in their life, you are speaking to their heart right now that the bondages and all of the addictions and all of the thoughts and all of the identities that are holding them back from fulfilling your purpose in this day and this hour that you have anointed and appointed them to are broken right now in Jesus name if you believe that give God praise right now hallelujah thank you Lord you can be seated that's a pretty good start hallelujah you can always tell you can ask my wife this week for me has been traumatic I got this in worship. You can always tell this is for somebody It's going to set you free because I know that if it's happening to me, it's happening to you. There is stuff going on in your life right now that is confusing your faith to the very core. It's getting you to question. It's getting you to doubt. This is directly from God. It helps me, and I guarantee you, it's going to help you. Look, it's flying away. Hallelujah. You can always tell the value of the victory by the extent of the attack. If you are under any form of attack, it's because you have value to your heavenly father. There is value in you. There is purpose in you. Destiny in you, not just for you, but for those people that you are destined to go reach and teach and deliver and bring from there to there. My identification scripture is Isaiah 61. The power of the Lord is upon me. The anointing of God is upon me to preach good news to the meek, to deliver the captives, to set blind eyes open. If he's got that for me, he's got it for you. The anointing anointing is not gender specific. It's not race specific. The anointing is for everyone that confesses that God is a Messiah and a delivering power. Amen? Amen. Also a good start. Hallelujah. So I go, usually when pastor asks me to come, I, I'm tremendously humbled by the opportunity to say anything of impact in your life. And I will tell you from what I know about my life, that anything that I say to you in the natural will benefit you nothing. My wisdom demonstrated in my life, my IQ, my knowledge, my talent, my understanding got me delivered into jail. I thought I could handle alcohol. I was pretty convinced. Everything about my life said, you're not that good. <laughs> and that got me delivered into jail as a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that the believing church seems to be missing something? Something's missing in what we're doing. That got me delivered to a jail cell. That's where God's school really opened because that was the only place that I would really open my eyes to see. He said, look around. You're in jail. This is undeniable. <laughs> and he said, it is your thinking. You think that you can handle this area of your life. And your thinking has delivered you here. We're now in these circumstances. You are now open to hear what I have to say to you. You think that you're thinking, now this is just me, this was my personal encounter, okay? If it happened for me, it can happen for you, whatever it takes, right? He said, look at your life. You have enough evidence to show that you're not good at this drinking thing you do, but you're still trying to prove that you can, and your thinking has brought you here. You think your thinking is your biggest strength, and it is, in a sense, your greatest weakness. So you need to stop thinking. Now, um, I'm pretty much in jail. I mean, I get it. <laughs> and it was a huge turning point for my life. 
So when pastor asks me to speak, and this is a pastoral insider Christian track, I am not really, if I believe that God has something for you, then in a moment like this, I have to go to him and say, God, listen, I could come up with something good, but that's got one O too many. Good is not God, and too many of the church believers are accepting good in place of God. Amen? So you go to him and say, Father, what is it that you want to say to your children? And let me just be the messenger, right? So it doesn't come right away. So I'm just praying, and I'm just going, you know, God, usually it comes right away, but it's not happening this way, so I just keep going. How many of you are professionals that have to have continuing education? Anybody? Quite a few, okay? Continuing ed for the professional says that your industry continues to progress and you need to go back and refresh the fundamentals or get different training on different aspects of what you're doing. So today I give you your Christian refreshing. We are going to talk about some basic fundamentals, but I guarantee you this. In a world of information that says we need more information, I'm telling you as the believing church we need less. That says that we have to go faster, I'm thinking in the world we got to go slower. That we have to just stop. In the, old, in the Old Testament, when they had the Ark of the Covenant, they would walk seven steps, stop and worship. You might try that for your life. Seven steps. God, I thank you for everything you're doing. Seven steps. Lord, I know that you have empowered me to be a witness. Does that make sense? Yeah, just slow down. Listen less, unless you're listening to him. So many voices, pastor's been talking about that. So in this day, and, and, and the cover your outline, in this day that we live in, knowing that you believe, knowing what you believe, is extremely important. The world is positioning to tell your children who they really are, or that they can go out into the world system and sift through their feelings to identify their identity. That's a little dangerous. Listen, I did that, and it ended me up in jail, okay? Now, as a kid, I didn't set up my parameters that I grew up in, but I will tell you that it affected my identity significantly, and I, as a Christian, have been jackhammering out a lot of those tendencies that my father allowed into my life. Does that make sense? It's important that you know what you believe and why, okay? So we're going to log some continuing ed credits today. These are called refreshers, and they're fundamentals. So today you're going to be refreshed. Doesn't that sound good? A nice refresh. Some of us could use a refreshing, a nice day off. Now, this is, in my opinion, in order that God gave me. I had somebody tell me that I should have put Jesus up on the top. There's a lot of Christians that have Christ, and yet they still seem to lack the power. And I will tell you, from my pastor, the echo that I'm hearing, pastor has been ministering to the discipleship class, identity, value, and direction. And this thing is echoing right in that same sense. God the Father, and I will put it to you just like that. Jesus said, this is how we should pray. Our Father. I'm telling you that a majority of the problems with the church starts on that three words right there. God the Father. My father thought that it was okay to open up everything to me, which is, in a sense, God-like, because God gives us the power of choice. But giving over choice without some type of guideline or overview is not healthy. You don't just let your children eat anything. 
It's available, but that would be considered bad parenting, right? Abusive. So God gives us choice, but he keeps us in a relationship as much as us, the children, will allow. God always was, always is, and is to come. Now, there are references through here to show you that I did just, didn't just make this up with some type of fuzzy, sociological, motivational speech. This comes directly from the world. Does that happen? Now, there are people, if you read this, there's plenty of prophets that came speaking all kinds of stuff. And they wore the mantle of a prophet. And it says that I will condemn you as my prophets speaking lies. So that means you have to be careful who you're listening to and what they're saying, which is why these references are in there. You have to be careful what you are giving your ears to hear. Didn't we just sing that? What my ears have heard. Okay, so we'll just keep going. With words he created. Now this is where it starts to become challenging. God is in eternity. Has anybody been in eternity yet? Anybody? I mean, if you read where God does things and man questions, he calls him up and says, come here, son, for a second. Explain gravity. Well, gravity holds everything together. No, that's the effects of gravity. Explain how it works. Give me the science formula that says in the core of the earth is some force that holds everything on the earth, and yet the earth revolves around. You're not going to explain that. It ain't going to happen, right? So in eternity, God speaks, things happen. Listen, I have yet to come to that comprehension, but I do know that as my father's son, that I speak and things happen. I tell my, if I come to my children, you're so stupid. I just gave him identity that he carries now as his shield because my dad said, so therefore I must be. You feeling the power here? His word is fixed, unchanging, and therefore dependable. That comes from the Psalms. He's faithful, long-suffering, forgiving. I'm just going to stop right there. How many of you have had a father experience where none of those words pertain to what you know as a father. Do you see, do you know that in our nation today, go watch sitcoms and see how the father is portrayed. Can you think of anyone where the dad is this solid rock of wisdom, where he is the rudder and the compass of the family? Men are under this attack, the demasculization of man, and it is aimed directly by an enemy at this statement right here. Because if I know as an enemy, I can undermine your identity through your father, I now separate you from the pack, and your ability to withstand is directly under fire. Does that make sense? That's what predators do. They chase the flock to see one break off. And if I can break you off on identity, if I can tell you as a kid, you're born a female, but you're not really female. You know, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever looked at that? Tell me about your feelings. Have you ever thought, and there you go. There they go. And the destiny and the purpose that was supposed to be over here has now been misdirected over here. We call it government, right? God came in and saw government going, we know how we're going to get to God. And he said, man, children, if I allow this to happen, this will not end up well. Right? So, God does have a temper, and he can be made angry. I am thankful that my life has not yet got him angry, but I will tell you, coming into this day, 
there was a reverential fear of what I was getting ready to do right here. That I had to bring my life under subjection. That I had to put my life at his altar and ask for forgiveness to wash me clean so that if I was not reverencing this office, because listen, all of you know this phrase, and if you experienced it from your family, wait till dad gets home. Ooh, ooh. Not that I don't appreciate a well-tempered mother, but dad, when he comes in, oh, I'm telling you. Listen, when dad comes home, if I've done something, I want to go hide. Where does that come from? Adam and Eve. Do you see, it's, this stuff is all tied together. This statement, you could stick literally right here. It's going to be a challenge for me to just go over these four or five areas of basics. Because with each one, it's amazing how much is in there. Just in the phrase, God the Father, what he is in our lives as fathers, what we've seen as the representation of fathers, and how that's affected our identity and our inability to go perform things for him. Amen? Fathers are to speak identity and value into their children. Okay? Now that's to the good and the bad. That works for us and against us. Fathers, if you are just going home, going to work and going home and you're not saying anything, you're still saying something to your kids. If you're not doing anything, I think you should go read uh, 1 Samuel where Eli did not do anything to stop his sons and God ended up stripping the priesthood from him, killing his sons and killing him. Now, I don't know if God killed them or they died, but the end was a minister with two children of ministry that all ended up dying because the father was not standing in and doing his responsibility. Amen? Fathers speak identity over them. It is the father's job to give his children confidence. I got confidence in performance out on the field. And I will tell you, our nation is for the most part performance-based, which is not really Christian-based. I can go do the works of the ministry, but it's with a humble heart and a subjective spirit. This is a sign of our nation today. Oh, yeah. How you like that? How you like them apples? Didn't you see me? This comes from two highlights down from the devil. It's a subversive nature. It's a prideful nature, okay? The father is supposed to give them confidence and esteem, a father is supposed to be a provider. One of the things that, one, a couple of things that they're supposed to provide is this identity. Without it, the child is left to fend for themselves, and we know that there is a predatory enemy looking to subvert. Does that make sense? He is supposed to give us peace, protection, and provision. I grew up in a house, my father left at six. Something wrong with the relationship between him and my mother, he left. We were on food stamps. I'm telling you, society, as good as we are at heart, can say more with a look than anything else. And I got those looks and that shame. And that stuff, I'm telling you, the stuff identified me. And I went out at a point and said, you watch me now. You see, that sort of thing, when a father doesn't give confidence, the kid will rise up in a perverted, twisted way. The talents that God meant for his purpose will come out over here, twisted over, and become something that it was never supposed to be. 
And I did that. A lot of athletes after their career end up going into some form of suicide because the only identity they have is their number on their jersey. Then when the game stops, they step out into real life and they don't know how to function. I experienced that. I did great on the football field. I did great in the military because they said, you do this, you get this. I got that. Listen, the need for identification. Most of us go to a job. And we get our esteem from our job because we haven't gotten it from our Father. Not just the natural, but we are all still children. I am now a great-grandfather. Go figure. (laughs) But I still need to keep my father-son relationship fully active. Amen? There's a huge attack on fathers, the foundational piece of the family. This attack disrupts the identity. There is another father. This came up. There is a father of lies, right? He's out there, and he will bring you in as a kid. The perfect example of this is gangs. Gangs exist as a family, and every gang member will tell you that I went out, rejected, and dejected from the brokenness. Do you know what the entrance ritual is to get into a gang? They beat you severely. That's your introduction into the family. So most of the kids come from familial beatings and go take on another family that gives them beatings. But somehow this identification is okay. And this is prominent and prevalent within our life. And that family goes about stealing, killing, and destroying. Do you see the parallel? This was interesting. God speaks everything into existence with his word. And then he stops and he reaches down and he grabs a handful of soil. Right? This is man out of his earth that has the ability to receive seed and bring forth a harvest and reproduce after its own kind. He grabs it different than everything else and he holds it in his hand. And then he breathes in it life. This was really cool that came out. So from that, when he opens up his hand, my whole existence has his imprint upon my life. All of the fingerprints, if I do that, you can come and read that and go, well, that was Mike. And and it is a perfect identifier. And God came and said, that's a mini me. And, And literally, I am walking with his visual identification on my life. Now, You guys could all go home right now. That did a lot for me. You know what I'm saying? That was big. The father of lies comes forth, and he is the master of the counterfeit. That comes out of John 8.44. Please get this. Whatever God has, the devil has too. Except Satan never went to the cross for you, and he has not been resurrected for you. He has not shed blood for you. He wants to shed your blood. But everything else, God's a father, the devil's a father. Jesus is light, the devil shows up as light. Jesus was up in the heavens with God. Satan said, I'm up here too. So everything that's out there, there it can be counterfeited and presented to you as value. This is big right here, I'm telling you. 
So when I come with identity, if my heavenly father, through my natural existence, hasn't given me identity, the father of lies will come up with an identity and go, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know what, they were so mean to you. He didn't care about you. You just need to be over here and walk you quiet. Has anybody else experienced this but me? And we quietly just escort you right on over here. And all of a sudden, somewhere between this where it starts going, yeah, as a matter of fact, you're right, that was. And I get walking over here, and somewhere in here you go, something doesn't feel right. This is not who I'm, I'm not supposed to be over here. Oh my God, how did I get here? Right? Our society, this is a huge portion of our society. And I would love to say that this is only in the world. But the church, without the power that God left for, for the Holy Spirit to come empower us with, the church seems to be floating right in here, in general, in general, right? Because if I am not properly motivated through the identity of my father... I will be working out of the motive of the father of lies. It's pretty powerful right here, right? This is a word of encouragement. Hallelujah. Exhortation. Identity. Let's see. Without a voice of covering, I will be apt to take the one that looks like and drawn astray. Identity, value, and direction. From my heavenly father, daily. For me, minute by minute. Constant refreshing of my mind. I do listen. My whole battle is right here. I grew up creative. My imagination is the battlefield for me. And I'm telling you, this week it was under the most heinous attack I have ever come through. Now I know that there was something coming up. This is a collision course. Today is a collision course between you and the destiny God has for you, the identity God has for you, because as a messenger, my job is to only bring what God wants to say to you and deliver it. And if I understand that, then I know that the attack has nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with you, right? The value for you. And then the value is to you to go through you. That's good right there, right? After God, we have the Word, right? Through our Father, we have His Word. The Bible, we believe the Bible is Father-inspired accounting. These are not just stories. These are actual events. You go ask your friends at work. What do you think about, well, those are just a bunch of stories. Not to me. Listen, maybe to you, but not to me, right? The writing of historical events for my benefit I framed up the parental leadership of my household through the accounting of Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Because I was watching my children right out of my front yard doing things, going, I'm a believer. I'm in ministry. And I'm watching my kids. And I'm going, God, what am I supposed to do here? He said, come just a touch closer. Right in here. I suggest that whatever you're dealing with, You go into this book, into this person. You seek counsel from dad and go, where is it in here? I have problems with anger. Look up anger. I'm having problems with leadership. Look up leadership. Whatever you're having a problem with, the answer is in here and in his voice to speak to you as you come to him. Amen? I'm looking at this and he says, go look at Eli. He was a minister. How many of you know this, this conversation with Eli and God? Anybody? 
So these kids are ministry kids, and they're in taking the offering. They're in doing stuff with women in the temple. These are bad guys. They're minister kids. Their dad is the high priest. The whole town knows this. God comes to Eli, says, how is it you preferred your kids over me? Well, the kids are doing it. Yeah, but you're not doing anything to stop it. Ooh, that's for some dads here. My responsibility as a dad has conflict right in the center of it. And if you believe anything else as a Christian, you're not reading the New Testament the way I read it. Jesus has never promised me a nice sea of glass as I sail along in my Christian life. He said there's going to be storms. There's going to be conflicts. There's going to be pain and suffering. You have a cross to carry. He took the cross and went to a torturous death. That's inspiring, isn't it? (laughs) But it's my responsibility as a dad. I can look to him and see what he gave for me to cover me. It took the blood of perfection, the very best. So as a natural dad, it's my responsibility to stand in that office. And my statement for my family is I will fight for my family even if I have to fight with them. If you as my son, if you as my daughter, if you're going to challenge this rule, then I will stand right here between you and there. And yes, you will get everything that God has me deliver. That's, and I believe that that's my responsibility. And you would be amazed if you enter in this way, the power that God gives you, the wisdom that he gives you, the strength that he gives you to stand in that. When Listen, I don't like conflict. I cry a lot. I don't like, I've always cried. This is like a gift. <laughs> it didn't help me much when I was a kid. But in those areas of conflict, I know there's something that happens in that moment. God does something inside of me to stand and endure that. And so that's all I got is that I've seen him do this. So I know I can trust him. His word is good enough to build your life upon and base every decision on, solid enough to hold me up in any circumstance, and is my final answer. Now, I thought it was interesting. Job is just sitting there. The devil comes up. It says that the devil, God is holding court. And the angels are going back and forth. This is over in eternity, right? Not here in the natural. But the devil has access to us here in the natural. It's right out of Job. The devil walks in and God says, hey, Satan, what are you doing here? He says, well, you know, I'm just looking who I can take out. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? You know, if Job was right there, he would have said, thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. By all means, open the floodgate. That's what I was having a good year. Then Dad started talking, running his mouth. Next thing you know, in one day, in one day, he loses every crop, every animal, and every child. Boom. You think you're having a bad day? Go read Job. I lost equity. I'm still good. Have all my kids. Listen, no matter what God was doing right there, and I don't know and I don't understand why God would allow an enemy to come and wipe out all a man's children. I don't understand that. But I do think it's interesting that he left the wife. <laughs> be real careful right here. <laughs> real careful right here. <laughs> That's in there. Hey, I didn't make it up, man. It's right there. And if you know how this story goes, the devil comes in and goes back to God. And God goes, told you you can't turn the guy. This guy's solid. He goes, yeah, let me hit his body. So he says, okay, just don't kill him. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. 
Here comes the devil. Boils. So now my man's completely bankrupt, is in complete mourning and grieving, has nothing, is just sitting there. It says that he was using the pot shirt to scrape his sores. Here comes his wife. Why don't you curse God and die? Now this is the woman that he, God has given Job to lead. And in this moment where there is no, I guarantee you, God, you got to give me some mercy because I'm not sure how to deal with that. Right? Right? And somehow God gives him the strength. There, I don't read anything in the account of Job where he said anything negative to his wife. And, and, and you're looking, listen, socially, in, in our nation today, you are given all of these reasons to go this way. And somehow God will just, if you're giving him the opportunity as your father, he will just hold you and go, we're not doing that. I, I'm telling you, I've seen it. Where I was going to get into a fight, I had a guy, we were working on a job site down in Sacramento, this guy is kind of a location Christian, as long as we're right here, he's hallelujah, praise Jesus, glory to God, he goes over here with some of the fellas, he's blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank, so he's got a real problem serving God because he thinks God's going to send him to the mud hut in Zimbabwe. So he doesn't want to go to the mission field, and that's, and listen, the devil has got this in this guy's head, okay, that if you serve God, I'm shipping you out. So we're, we're down in Sacramento working on a job the middle of the night. We get in the car. We go out to get lunch. We're down by, I forget where it was. It's right by the freeway. Um, there's a Safeway right down there between the 80, 80 interchange. It's, it's not night. A lot of homeless people, a lot of bad homeless. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. So we drive out there, and, and I get my little dinner, my lunch or whatever, and we're pulling out, and this big La Bamba, comes rolling, I mean, he, I'm pulling out, and he almost T-bones me, and, and I, we got big yoked inked, like Sean, no. <laughs> we're just having fun, brother, just having some fun, you blankety blank, stinking blankety blank, why don't you, okay, middle of the night, me and my friend, kind of quasi-Christian, tattoo guy, out of my mouth. Did you say God Jesus? I was like, oh! <laughs> and he looks at me. And it I'm telling you, it just stops everything. You stinking, breaking, dick, chicken, licking, chicken, wicking, you. And I said, Have you ever been to church? And I'm like, What are you doing? <laughs> Shut up! And it, st and, and it stops the guy. And I'm just like, It's right here. And I'm like, and, and, and there was, it went for like five seconds, and like second, four, and five, I'm going, I'm going to have to fight this guy. Oh, God. Now, the guy next to me, he's got his walkie-talkie out, he has unbuckled, he has unlocked the door, and he is planning to go across the hood, because these, I'm telling you, these are big cats. This is not going to go well. And the guy looks at me, you're just an idiot, pulls his car out and leaves. Now... As soon as that guy turns the corner, <laughs> the guy next to me goes, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, dude, I can't drive. <laughs> we pull out, and he's like, you, what, what was that? I said, that was God showing you that you don't have to understand. I said, dude, look at my body. I am not ready to fight anybody. I said, but for that one moment, 
you could see in a language that you understand that, listen, God is able to keep you wherever you go. Hit that guy just in a language that he understood. You, you know what I'm saying? So the Bible is my final answer. That, that helps somebody, I'm thinking. It was fun, though, either way. <laughs> the devil. So we have God, the Father, who has created all things. We have his word, faithful and dependable. In our nation, a man's word, pretty questionable. Able to be used depending on, it's very circumstantial. I am in contract. I sign a multi-year contract. I don't like the terms. I renegotiate. You go, what, what was that first contract? Circumstantial. I don't feel that way anymore. Welcome to our marriage covenant. I'm in contract with you. I give you everything. I say yes forever until I end up with boils. <laughs> 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 but we, listen, we do that. My brother, my brother just buried his wife who was battling with her body the whole way through. And I will tell you, my brother's one of the most champion men I know because he, he just stuck by her. And, and, and the world looks at that. Let's see, why are you staying there? She's my wife. It, 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 we're astounded by that commitment, you, you know? It's just amazing. And, and he's got his confession of faith. It's not all Pentecostal and all that. But I'm telling you, I see more of his covenant commitment there, you, you know? So the devil, his name was Lucifer, morning star, bright one, archangel of the most beautiful creation. This is right out of the, uh, the Ezekiel. Built with precious stones, pipes, and tambourines. Some say that he was, I, the way I read it, it was tambourines and pipes. That word pipe means a socket. Either it is a pipe that you can play music on or it's a socket to put a stone in. Either way, when this guy moved, music happened. The way I understand it, he led worship in all of heaven. Okay? Now, it's a, we're just going over basics, right? It's fundamental stuff. <laughs> He became proud and arrogant, as seen in Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, that caused his fall. He said, go with me if you would to Isaiah. We'll look at this really quick. So he comes in as a father. So it's good to know what the pedigree of the father of lies comes from. An angelic being built with the most fantastic, was amazing to look at. If I believe that his word is true, and I do, then I draw all of it out as I read it. It says in verse 12, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, which you did weaken the nations. See, by a fall, listen, fellas, if you fall you are going to weaken your generation. You are going to weaken your family. You are going to weaken your children and your children's children, and that's exactly what this guy wants, okay? <clears throat> For you have said, where? In your heart. Listen, this is the key area that most believers are drawn astray, if not the world. Everything stems out of your heart. Where does Christ come to live again? In my heart to come purify and to cast out and to heal and redeem and re-identify the fact that I am worth being bought with a price, that my value is higher than anything else in all the heavens. He said in his heart, I will ascend. 
I said that. I will exalt my throne. I said that. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. I don't remember sending that. In the north, I will ascend to the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. I went out because of my family values and said, you think that I don't matter? I will show you. Watch this. And it produced identity circumvented by the king of lies. Right? Was the whole idea. Mike, your dad did this. I can come in and speak an identity over here and get you to go off this way. And I did. I went out way over in the left field. It says he became proud and arrogant, causing his fall. Now, it says that he took a third of the angels with him. And you go, now, how is that? Because God gave the angelic host choice, just like he gives us choice. So they could choose. Now, why in eternity, the same as in the garden, they would choose? I haven't come up with that yet. But when I start making perfect choices under every circumstance, I think I might have a better perspective. Does that make sense? I'm not really qualified right now to start asking why in eternity, where I've never been, with stuff going on that I've never seen, why they made those choices, and it's where God gets the big rap as our Father. Why did he allow that? Why do you allow that? How come I can't watch that movie? Dad, when are you going to give me the code to the remote? I'm not. Well, why not? Because there's so much out there that you don't need to know. Right? You know where I get that? From that right there. The same with my dad. There's all I know from my father. Is there's a lot going on up there that he understands that I don't need to. Okay? So, the devil is defined as the accuser or the slanderer. The only thing the devil has over you is thought. He will come and accuse you on your identity or slander your name before you and God. And then it's up to you to return with some identity that goes, no, not so. I mean, that guy in the parking lot, you're just all this. No, I don't agree with that. I don't have to fight you to tell you that, but I don't agree with that. I don't identify with any of that. In fact, this is going to shock a lot of you, but I am really not too much of a Raider fan anymore. I know, criminal. <laughs> Listen, I've changed. I've grown. Football is not the same. I am a football fan. I, don't, I like football. But I'm not the same guy. So I don't have the same passions like that. You know what I'm saying? So his focus is only to deceive God's children he is referred to by Jesus as the father of murder and lies. Everything our father has, he has one like. He is the father of the counterfeit, and he uses, now get this, this is very important. He uses thoughts and emotions, everything in the soul, to tempt you over here. Any fishermen? Right? You go to fishing in different areas? Do you use squid in fresh water? Why not? They won't bite, right? So for some, it's power. For some, it's money. For some, it's physical. For some, it's the job. Whatever appetite you have within you, and I have found, in my opinion, that it's tied to something about your natural giftings and tendencies. Whatever it is that God has placed in you, he will show up with a counterfeit bait and go, hey, 
Hey, over here. Just to get you to bite so you can be hooked. And you go, well, Mike, I agree with that. That's right where I'm at. There is power. We opened with a statement that says there is power to heal. The Word of God says there's power to deliver, to break a hold of anything that is holding me back, that God's power came for me to be free. We sing it. By the grace of God, I am set free. Amen? Then at the bottom, what are we talking? 12, right? Somewhere in there? One? Three? (laughs) We'll finish with this. God creates man, sets him in a garden, gives to him a helpmate to tend and to keep the garden. In the perfect environment, God has a tree that was off limits. What was that tree called? The knowledge of good and evil. How many of you heard the scriptures being misquoted? Right? The love of the money is the root of all evil. Doesn't say that, right? You can't eat of the tree of good and evil. It's not the tree of good and evil. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you look at Eve's confession, when the devil came to her and said, why can't you eat that? If you look at the strategy that he approaches people with, it's always got some type of, come in here, have a conversation here. Let's open some dialogue. Let's get you thinking. He says, did he really say that? Now, she said, if we touch it or eat it, which is not true. God said, if you eat it, I guess you got to touch it to eat it, technicality. But she responds back in something that the word didn't say. But he gets her to start evaluating out of the soul, out of her emotions, out of her thoughts. And then he gets her to take a step. He said, now, she said, God, dad said, if we do it, then we will be like God. They already were like God. They were made perfect with no impurities whatsoever. But the enemy approaches to get you thinking, to look circumstantially, and to trust on the whole realm of the soul and the environment. And that's how I can get you off of God's best. That's how I can get you out of God's identity. So now I can trick you and send you off. Not for you, but for them. Amen? There is a them out there. If this is just about me, then I have lost the whole message of the gospel. Because Jesus came for me to be free and then said, you go do what I have done for you. Go be my disciple and continue. Does that make sense? Down at the bottom it says, since then, since the fall, man was born with an Adamic nature or a sin nature where sin, it's natural through the flesh. Which is why in most cases, when I'm doing things that are not godly, by the Holy Spirit, I will have conviction, but the flesh has appetites that way. Our world is approaching our children going, what are your appetites telling you? I mean, mean, it's, it's crazy. It is just crazy. The beginning of this, in my opinion, was the ascension of pride, that we have a will, and that once we start working out of our will, if it's not grounded properly, in the motives of God, I will be led astray. Does that make sense? Flip, if you would, to the very back part of your outline. Through these simple identifications of God, my Father, and I'm telling you, as I was doing this, it just kept coming back to me and my Father. To me and my Father. The prodigal left, came to himself, and said, I have to get back home. I will go serve my Father as a slave. 
that once I go out and I understand all the realities in the world, a whole part of me said, I have to go. There's something missing. God brought Christianity to me through my wife. I, did, I, I was all caught up in intellect, but there's just something right about the truth. There's just something right about coming home. So I came in and God started to open all of this stuff up. Why, would I, why do we have all of these basic fundamental things? First off, that I would be saved. That as a father, and I have a whole team of kids, and every single one of them, no matter where they're at, if they're not fulfilling God's purpose in their life, it grieves me, right? Any parent that knows what God can do when you see your kids doing less than what God has for them, it's difficult. And you know as a parent, they won't always hear from me as the dad. Listen, I didn't hear anything from my dad. It took me jail to speak to me. But as a parent, that grieves, that sin nature, that separation, right? One other thing, I had a little quiz for you guys to take that didn't get printed out. What is salvation? This is where you guys go ahead and answer. <laughs> what, what is it? It's, it's, this is the whole core of our faith. What is it? Deliverance from sin. Now, it's interesting. So in Bible school, I ask these questions. Are we supposed to judge? What is salvation? What does the Holy Spirit give you? Where are, as in the day and the hour that we're in right now, we should be able to answer these things right now. The harvest is out there. Listen, the fields are ripe. God looks at our lives and says, there is an enemy that is causing you to be detracted, to be separated. That sin, that separation from God needs to be reconciled. That he gave Christ and we had him down here as the next one. I highly recommend that you go through and read these next two and look up these scripture verses. That through the blood of Christ, any mistake, any mistake, any mistake, even a misperception of my identity in God can be washed away through the blood of my Savior. Any mistake. Now, our society does this whole hierarchy of sins. That, well, I took the pencil. It's not that bad. That guy divorced his wife. That's really bad. God says it's all the same. Your lack of identity has caused you to be separated from me. And I have made a way through forgiveness. I was very happy that we sang that song, God, forgive me for what my eyes have seen, for what my ears have heard. Because through that forgiveness, I can now enter into relationship with my dad face to face. And he can speak directly to me for what he knows what I need. He understands what's lacking. He can speak directly to the one bone that's out of joint. Does that make sense? Why all this? So that I can be saved from any mistakes that I've made. And that too, that I will be empowered witness for what he has done for me and that others will be saved as well. That he does it for me and then he sends me. Bill, if you could come back to the piano quickly. He does all that, that through my life, if I will stop living my life for me, that God will send me and do more through a life subjected to a life surrendered. He will do more through my surrendered life than I could have ever done out of my natural talents and abilities. That's why. That's why all of this. That's why the message of the gospel. That's why we preach. That's why we teach. That's why we sacrifice. 
so that you could come and in one day and in one moment, and I believe this with all of my heart, that this day for you was a complete intersection of God's truth and his freedom for you to be delivered from whatever has been holding you back. I know that in my core, in my spirit. I know that with everything in me. So if you could just bow your heads with me today. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, just pray. The Bible says that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing. Dividing asunder the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So many of us have been wounded in our heart through what we have experienced in the natural through our family. And it has reshaped our identity. When God formed me in eternity, He had the imprint of His hand upon my life and somehow the natural family has reshaped that. But God has given His Son that all of that could be wiped away and I could have complete clarity of what I was supposed to do. So I'm going to ask you here today, maybe this is the first time you have heard that there was a Savior that died for your mistakes. Maybe today was the first time you heard that Jesus came, that the understanding of who Jesus was as a Messiah was given to you and a light bulb came on. Maybe that's you here today. Maybe today is your day to go, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I just need to receive God. I just need to open my heart and let God come in. If that's you today, if you would just slip up your hand and let us pray with you. If today is the day that you want to accept Jesus into your heart, then let us pray with you today. Anyone at all. Then I believe that someone here, that the truth of God is our Father, that that word has touched your heart. Now, if that's you, and God is really touching you and and, and ministering to your heart, your identity, if that's you, the power of God is available to heal. The power of God, Luke 5, 17 says, the power of God was available to heal. If that's you in any form, if you could just stand where you are. Father, we thank you right now. Your healing hand. Your hand over us, Lord. Father, you are the healer. Lord, we need your embrace. So much confusion. So much pain. If there is anyone standing around you, if you could just stretch out your hands to them. Church, just pray. This is big. Father, we thank you that you are a God that wants us to know and understand who we are in you. And God, you wanted us to know this so bad that you let Jesus come and shed guiltless, sinless blood so that through our forgiveness we would never be away from you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that right now you are speaking into the hearts of your children. Standing or sitting, you are speaking into the hearts of your children. Your true identity, your true purpose. We were never meant to walk confused. Your mysteries, you desire that you would reveal everything to us. 
so that we would walk confident in our identity of you as our Father. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the comforter. I thank you, Lord, that you are the healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You are Jehovah Nisi, the banner over our whole lives. And right now, Lord, you are bringing transformation and revelation to the minds of your children. In their hearts, you are writing identity. Father, we thank you for all that you've done in this place. And we promise, Lord, to go out and tell people this week what great things you have done for us. And we promise to give you all the praise in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Listen, this week, there is someone in your path that God has for you to touch. You might touch them just by the way you respond to some circumstances. You might touch them by just being kind, by just giving them food, by just telling them that they matter. You might just go tell them that they're loved. Whatever God has you to do, be willing to say yes to him and extend a hand out to them. Does that make sense? Thank you so much, you guys. Go be blessed. This was fun. It's a lot of fun. Amen. never clap for pastor. <laughs> Good stuff, amen? Hey, on your way out today, if you want to be part of the concourse, uh, stop by in the foyer and sign up if you could help out. One day, one hour, whatever it may be, it would be a huge blessing to us. We love you guys. Have a great week. And uh, I think we have some stuff to sign up for the petition, yes, out there. So uh, God bless you guys. Thank you, Mike. Great word this morning. Amen.